<clears throat> Great day to you. God bless you. This is Sateri Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host, Delisa Fields. Today we're talking about Acts chapter 16, verse 16. I'm actually having my church um, conduct a study um, on First uh, Kings, I think, 13 and Acts chapter 16. So sometimes it's good to have corporate um, Bible study so that we can um, just share and discuss uh, collectively and as a group. Um, you know, what some of the feedback is, or, you know, maybe open up some, um, open up for discussion. So it's a great way, um, to just gather around a certain passage of scripture and, um, and, and collaborate and just talk about it. So we are coming out of, uh, we're studying the book of Acts chapter 16, but I want to point your attention today to Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And the Bible says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her master as much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. This girl followed Paul, um, excuse me, and she did this, verse 18, for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. Turn and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Um, some of you have probably personally experienced um, something like this um, in terms of demonic manifestations, um, spirits crying out. And this is why it is it's essentially important to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because not everything crying out in your midst um, is crying out for Jesus. Uh, we even found that when Jesus was in a synagogue, demons cried out, you know, what have you uh, doing here? Why have you come to torment us before the time? So, you know, don't assume that just because somebody is, you know, having a an ecstatic reaction that this person is truly, you know, caught up in the things of God. That, that's not always the case. Um, so you want to be very mindful of that. OK, um, so here you find uh, Paul and us. So this is Timothy. And Silas, and I'm sure there were many others. It was, it was a missionary uh, uh, journey, and and they were on their way to prayer. Right, one of the least likely of places that you would expect a demonic manifestation. So let me just, again just share with you that um, you know demons they don't they're not going to announce you know where they are and and you know what they're doing and so forth. And so you know they're not going to just you know say hey we're going to show up. And, and this is what we're going to do. You know, demons are demons, you know, and, and they're going to show up wherever they feel that they can, um, you know, manifest, wherever they can be a disruption and annoyance, be grieving. And, and so where else? What better time than for a time of prayer? Um, so, again, I, I don't want you to, you know, be moved by the fact that um, or, or I guess I don't want you to be deceived by the fact that demons can't show up in church. You know, people say that all the time. You would think the church is the safest place on the earth. Yes and no. <laughs> OK, you got to understand that, you know, yes, people are gathering there. And yes, the spirit of God is there and people are hungering and thirsting, you know, after the things of God. But please also understand that demons show up, too. And I know that's unsettling. We want to believe that everybody, you know, in the corporate church is, is saved and, you know, love Jesus and they're living holy. And let me tell you something. As a pastor for, what, 14, 15, 15 years, um, no, some, sometimes the safest place is in Walmart, you know, or in Family Dollar or whatever your local, you know, discount store is. So, you know, don't be dismayed 
when you see things happen that may seem out of the ordinary or that may seem out of the norm. Let me tell you something. If the people are showing up for a good cause, for a righteous cause, you better believe there's a demon in the midst. You know, there's at least two. You know, they operate in groups. (laughs) There's at least two. So it's a good practice to pray and bind demons, bind activity, bind manifestations and so forth. Um, and, you know, I don't want to go any deeper into that. But anyway, so, you know, you would think that this was the most unlikely of times. And, you know, what a bold demon, right, to show up when the man of God and Apostle Paul, of all people. I mean, there are some people and listen, I'm you know, let's just say it. There are some people who pray that, you know what I'm saying? They don't. Their prayer is not is non-threatening, you know, Um for whatever reason, you know, they have iniquity in their heart or they're praying amiss, like the Bible says, or, you know, just some nonsense stuff, asking God for stuff that he ain't remotely interested in. And so those kind of prayers are non-threatening. You know, the enemy is not bothering you. He could care less because, listen, he already knows that that prayer can't even move a gnat. It can't move God. The angels are not, you know, attracted to it, not interested in it. So trust me, those kind of prayers are safe. But when you pray in prayers that that move and shake regions, that set captives free, that open blind eyes, that raise the dead, cleanse lepers, you know, heal the sick, you know, those kinds of prayers yeah they attract demonic activity so those of you who are intercessors I, I want you to be encouraged because some of you may feel like you know what my day was going fine until i started praying or everything was going good until you know we came together for intercessory prayer and then this would manifest and that would happen and but i want you to understand that this is not um outside of the norm it should not be outside of the norm for you and if you have a calling to intercede you need to really understand this so you know how to fight okay and you can fight intelligently and fight effectively. So you have Paul, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, among others, who are on their way to prayer. And this girl shows up. The Bible says girl. We don't really know her age. But she was a, a slave. She was enslaved. Um, and her masters made um, money off of her. And presumably it's because of her gift. She had this, um, she, she just, she had this gift of intuition. And, and some, let me just say this too. Um, you know. Some people have a natural gift. Their spiritual gifts and their natural gifts, right? Some people have a natural gift of perception. Just a natural gift of perception. It doesn't mean that they're prophetic. So please be careful with that. A prophetic gift is governed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that gift comes through the agency of the Holy Spirit. But there are some people who are naturally perceptive. And you may find them working in, um, you know, investigations or science and research, those kinds of things. They're naturally perceptive. They they, they just kind of have a knack for figuring things out. Engineers, electrical engineers, they have a knack for perception. Um, that's a natural thing. God gave that gift too. Uh, but, you know what I'm saying, you've got to learn how to differentiate that between what operates in a natural realm and what belongs in the spirit realm. Don't get that confused. It's a difference. So, you know, this girl may have had a natural, she may have just had a knack for you know uh, um, intuition can just feel vibes off people right well you know it, it, it when you continue to operate in a certain thing one thing my apostle often says we don't we don't do what we do because of demons we have demons because of what we do and there are some activities that you can continue to engage in okay that attracts certain types of spirits there are certain things you can do. Remember, I'll give you scripture for this. God told, um, <clears throat> told, uh, um, come on, Holy Ghost, told, uh, Abel, uh, Cain, rather, you know, he said, if you, and I'm just paraphrasing, he said, you know, it, your countenance is low. He said, you know, in virtually, if you're not careful, sin lies at the door, right? And there's a translation that calls sin a crouching tiger. 
There's a Chinese movie name, karate movie name after that. So in other words, what the Lord was saying to, to Cain, he said, listen, you're upset with your brother and you're feeling some kind of way. Your countenance is falling. In other words, your emotions and your whole personality is, is, is changing. Okay. So pay attention to that, people of God. When you listen, you know when your stuff is changing. Should nobody have to come tell you, say, hey, sis, uh, you know, you off today. You know, you know, you know, you knew before they told you. And so, you know, then we get upset. Are you picking on me or are you watching me or what have you? But if you would examine yourself, then you won't be judged, right? That's what the Bible says. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. So examine yourself. And that way you can check yourself and you won't have to have a come to Jesus meeting. You can fix it and, and go on. But in, in Cain's uh, case, um, the Lord appeared to him and he said, you know, why is your countenance falling? You know, what, what's happening with you? And of course, we know the story. Cain had issues with Abel. And that's another story. Uh, but what happened? Eventually, the door that he opened in his anger and his unresolved feelings open the door for murder lying the whole nine yards right so you know again there are certain things that you do you don't do it because you have a demon there are things that you can do to attract right the bible said how these spirits oh uh you know walking to and fro the lord asked satan where you going walking to and fro up and down in it right another scripture says how the enemy is seeking whom he may devour so demons are always seeking when they cast out in dry places they come back they're looking and so if you are engaging in a certain type of behavior that is conducive for demons to to habitate and cohabitate uh you're gonna have company (laughs) okay there's a tv show back in the 70s called three's company or three's a company or something like that. Anyway, you're going to have some company. So this girl, I believe, um, you know, as a slave girl, you know, had some, some gifts, demons connected to it and her masters used it for gain. Now, what happened was, um, and we had some colorful conversation with, uh, some of my church members last night about it is of all the people that this girl was attracted to, she was attracted to the apostolic movement, movement. She was attracted to the prayer movement. Okay, it, she just and that listen, it, it, some of you are wondering why you under attack and why things are, you know, different people come against you. Please understand what the scriptures are revealing to you. Please search the scriptures. Okay, search the scriptures, because there are many things that some of you are battling with and you don't understand what the root of the battle is. You don't even understand in some cases how to fight it. <clears throat> people look at me at work and community and they're like, how do you always smile? Are you always, smile? and it, please don't get me twisted. I have issues and battles, you know, <laughs> that you know, not of, but I've learned and am learning and will always be a lifetime learner. Learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Learn how to trust God. Learn. And I told you this in my um, podcast on the lion prophet. I've learned through a lot of suffering. Listen, suffering will teach you, but I've learned how to just stand still and wait on God. You know, not every, not every action warrants a response. You don't, you know, you don't have to just jump to bat every time somebody says something. You don't have to react to everything. You don't have, you don't, it's not always necessary to respond. Some things have to be. The Lord was speaking to me about uh, act of betrayal and I'm still kind of working that thought and doing some studies on it. But, you know, there's some things God, God will show you FYI, you know, just for your information. And, and, and that's that. It's not for you to expose. It's not for you to preach it. It's not for you to prop. It's for your information only, for your eyes only, your knowledge only. Keep it to yourself. And if God can trust you, he'll continue to reveal things to you. But if you're that one, you know, that has, oh, the Lord showed me that this one is that the Lord showed, you know, then, then, you know, come on now. It's really time to mature and grow up and learn how to handle the things that God is revealing to you. 
So I'm going to have to do a part two on this because I'm running out of time and I'm not even finished with my thought here. But anyway, um, this, this, and I'm going to call it spirit because that's what we're dealing with. This spirit knew who to attach, knew who knew what to gravitate toward. That demon knew. And I want you to be, you know, also cognizant of the fact the Bible said that it grieved Paul. You know, and I didn't say that it grieved anybody else <laughs> because some people are oblivious to it. And and this goes to also the, the weight carriers in the kingdom. You know, those who um, are graced for certain things, they'll pick it up quicker than anybody else will. And again, this is where maturity comes in. Just because you pick it up, just because it's revealed doesn't mean it's time for you to say something. Okay, Jesus knew uh, Judas was from day one. He didn't say a mumbling word. Even at the Last Supper, he would not tell them. It was Judas who exposed himself. So don't feel like you got to pick up a campaign of exposure. There are some people who have built their ministries off of exposing people. And, you know, I just I, I just don't see Jesus doing that. You know, Jesus didn't do that. Okay, and I, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, I want to pattern my ministry after Jesus, not some of this stuff I see. I'm not even I'm not. I'm, believe me, I'm not impressed. Let me just I just want to see Jesus. You know, that that's it. The one who saved me, the one who called me, the one I'm going to ultimately answer to when I take my last breath. That's what matters to me. Anything else you can have it. You can fold it up, put it in your pocket, do what you want to do with it. I'm not interested. So um, but Paul knew Paul perceived the spirit this girl was operating in. Now, if they have, you know, she may have been loud and, and obnoxious and people may have been irritated by like, gosh, she's loud and she's, you know, but Paul knew this is beyond her being loud. This girl has a demon. <laughs> okay. She has a demon in her. And so it, it grieved Paul. But guess what? Paul, God did not give Paul a release to deal with it. And I'm going to leave you right there and let you hang in suspense. And I'm going to come back later on and, and we're going to talk about part two. And we're going to talk about how Paul dealt with it. We're going to talk about some of the ramifications of how he dealt with it and what that means for the body. But in the meantime, I pray that you have a blessed day. Grace and peace until next time. God bless you.